Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the next Level Worship podcast. My name is Dwayne Moore, and uh, very, very excited today to uh, bring some uh, some personalities to you that I believe is going to encourage you. In fact, we just prayed about that a moment ago that this will be a, a, a time of encouragement for everybody. And this uh, in this world, any time, but especially seems right now, we need some good old fashioned encouragement. And so we're praying that uh, what we hear today and what we are uh, experiencing today could be uh, could be just that for somebody. We have Michael Neal here. I'll say more about him in a moment, but you can wave at him. I, we, we may show this video as well as audio. Uh, all right. And uh, so Michael is out at Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Texas. Um, and uh, we, we, we have much we want to hear from you in a moment, Michael. So thank you for joining us. And then we have Dr. Vernon Whaley. Uh, Dr. Whaley is sitting in a very comfortable chair and I guess in, I don't know, maybe in your home uh, right now, but we're so glad that you joined us. Uh, Dr. Whaley is at Trevecca Nazarene University in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, he's also a dear friend. Uh, I've just, honestly, I've just met Michael and uh, look forward to, to uh, more uh, opportunities in the future to get to know him more, but we've known Dr. Vernon for a long time. Um, I think, Dr. Vernon, we met uh, at a conference at Liberty, well, it was actually at Thomas Road, um, that you were speaking at about eight or ten years ago. So I think that's how long we've known each other. Yeah, yeah I remember you came and, sp and spoke to some of my classes, and we had a really good time then. We've kind of yeah. kept in touch over the years since. Yes, yes, yes. I've been, I've been able to speak in your classes, and, and you were, have used some of our materials and our books, and so thank you for all of that. But, but guys... Um, Man, it's an honor. So let, let's start with you, Michael. Uh, tell us about Michael Neal. What do you want us to know? I've got all kinds of stuff I could say. I've looked it up, but I want to hear what you have to say about, about it. Oh, uh, well, um, just grateful. Thanks for having me on, Dwayne. And of course, Dr. Whaley, um, longtime friend and mentor and getting to do some work together over the years and um, just always good to see you. Sometimes we have to get on interviews and Zoom calls uh, to see each other because we're, we're doing so many other things. But right. um, yeah, I, I have the privilege of leading people in worship. My personal calling is to help people experience God through songs and stories. And, and so everything that I do is about that. And um, so being a worship pastor at a church here in Plano, Texas for about five years now, and I've served at a couple different churches and been an artist and songwriter and, and um, just been enjoying the journey um, of that calling. And I'm married to my sweet high school sweetheart. We've been married almost 27 years next month. So that's beautiful and I'm very grateful and three kids and, yeah. and uh, two of them are uh, at Texas A&M and one of them is uh getting ready to go in the seventh grade. So we have a very fun and full life. Um, Sounds like it. But wow. yeah, just so just honored to be with you and uh, look forward to diving in and serving any way I can. Amen. Now you, uh, you, I read, um, I think it, on the Prestonwood website, I think I saw this, but you were, you started there in 2015. And where were you before you were there? Um, I was uh, artist in residence and worship pastor in, uh, Palm Beach, uh, Florida, Christ Fellowship Church there. It's an incredible church. I'm still uh, very close with uh, the pastors there, Todd and Julie Mullins, and 
And, and so we're, we're really close friends with them. And I served there as worship pastor and artisan residence for about 10 years in two different stints and oh, okay. spent some time in Nashville as an artist and writer and uh, led worship at the church there uh, for, for a few years as well. So, uh, but we're loving Texas. My wife's from Texas, born in Austin. And so uh, we're, we're really enjoying it. It's of course it's getting pretty hot here now, but other than that, um, yeah, it's, it's hot here in Alabama, and I, I know it's <laughs> hot in Texas. Yeah. Now, where are you originally from? You may have said that I missed it, but uh, originally uh, born in Ohio, Akron, oh, uh, raised in Central Florida. Okay. And served in ministry mostly, you know, toured for several years right out of college, you know, an artist type deal, and then uh, served most of my time in ministry in either Palm Beach or Nashville. And uh, except for these last five years have been based ministry out of Plano. Okay, great. And uh, also, um, Michael's an author. He's written a, a best-selling book, man, a, a, called The River. I've, I've heard much about that. And, and, um, and I've actually uh, I've downloaded and, and read the new book, and we'll talk about that in a few moments, but you have a brand new book out that you and Dr. Vernon wrote together called The Way of Worship. Uh, and so I don't know how you find time to write in the midst of all you have going on, but uh, you must must not sleep. I, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> oh, I do. I sleep. I need lots of sleep. Oh, okay. So you lots do and lots of sleep. I'm not. Uh, there, there's nothing superhuman about it. It's 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 just uh, uh, building the house one brick at a time. One time, so, yeah. Uh, you just stay at it, and some some t- you know things things actually. Uh, the material piles up. <laughs> no, it does. Yeah, I'm actually halfway through a new book myself, and, and I'm thinking, I'm actually got, I'm going to get this thing done. Uh, I'm beginning to see a little bit of light down there at the end of the tunnel. Now, the one that really ought to be teaching us and schooling us on how to write a book is Dr. Vernon. This guy's written many books. I don't, we, I'm amazed at how many books you have turned out over the years. So, uh, Dr. Vernon, tell us about you. Let's hear about you. Yeah, but I consider Michael the, the, the gifted writer. He's a great storyteller, and I've studied his writing a lot and find his his work really engaging. His his um, success in the, in the book The River is a novel. It's just wonderful, and I think it actually gave us a kind of a platform for us to start talking about what we wanted a book to be like, yep. worship as a worship guide. Um, but yeah, I I served for the last fifteen years as the dean of the school of music and director for the center for worship at Liberty University and. Prior to that, I served at churches for a number of years in a number of different places, as most often as I taught somewhere else. Like I taught at Cedarville for five years, and I taught at a Bible college here in Nashville for 10 years. And then I served at churches, and uh, most most recently was at Olive Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. But uh, I think my, my heart is really in the area of equipping and training and facilitating opportunities for young men and women to learn how to lead worship and to know how to do it best. And the books have just kind of come along. I, I, my books are not like some of the other people's where they just kind of get inspired and they decide, oh, I need to do a book on this subject. Most of my books are like my arrangements and compositions and stuff that there's a need and I got to get something done to meet that need. And so when we first started these degree programs back in 2005, there was just a handful of books that dealt with worship. And um, there were some books that were real heavy in the reform area, or they were real heavy in the area of um, charismatic theology or, or Pentecostal theology. And to find books that could 
sit in the middle and be appreciated by both the reformers and the Armenians, for that matter, uh, was real hard to find. You couldn't find them. And so we, we set out to try to address that particular need. Um, I think that they're in as part of the reason that Michael and I started work, working on this particular book. And then it kind of emerged over probably a two and a half, three year period. He, he actually the one that came to me and said, would you be interested in partnering with me on this book? Okay. And uh, we took it from there. Okay. One of my favorite books to even, I mean, now, um, and I recommend it a lot. In fact, we use it in our coaching uh, network is, um, is your book call to worship. Uh, Dr. Vernon, it, I think it's incredible uh, how you go through every book of the Bible. I mean, you cover it, cover to cover, man. And uh, I, re I reread it recently and thought, wow. And so to me, it just really gives, uh, well, an overview. And, and, and if someone's not really clear on worship, you, 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 won't, you won't say that when you get done with your book. You, you get it. Well, I, if I had to do over again, there's some issues about worship I probably would have addressed in that book. But the, the purpose of that book really was to provide a progressive theology of worship. And at that point, there was the only one that had anything that was close to it was David Peterson. And he was he's a wonderful author, but we really needed something that the sophomore in, high, in college was going to be able to digest quickly, that you could hand to a pastor and say, okay, pastor, uh, here's a, a good book. So we, at that point, the idea was to really articulate that every time God reveals himself to man, man's immediate response is worship. And so that's what I attempted to do, is just kind of go through the Bible and articulate the times when God would reveal himself to man and what man would learn from that revelation and then his response to that revelation, which was most often faced down worship. Amen. Well, let's talk about the book that you've come out with very recently. First of all, when did it come out? It's got, I know that's about by Zondervan, and I know that it's called The Way of Worship. How long has it actually been out, though? It feels like it's very new. Yeah, we just re it just released in mid-April. Um, and so it's still very fresh, and we're still bringing it to market um, and, you know, to the universities and, and to the practitioners out there. So, yeah, it's very brand very new. Yeah. I really I think it's very unique uh, in that you use the metaphor of the river. And so, I, you know, I could talk about it, but you wrote it, so I'm going to let you talk about that. But I can tell you that I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I've actually highlighted something I'm going to read in a few moments from it that I think, like, wow. But, uh, yeah, where, where did you come up with the idea? Other than you wrote a book about the river, did you just like one day go, oh, we ought to parallel that? And, I mean, how did this happen that you guys got together and said, let's base it off that idea of a metaphor? Well, I think um, I'll jump in and you just interrupt me, uh, Dr. Whaley, as you see fit. But um, I – this really takes me back before the novel, The River, was written. And the, the whole metaphor um, of using the river and a river guide and all of that really uh, came to me back in um, the late 90s. And I talk about that in the introduction of the book, uh, where I had uh, gone with uh, my sweetheart and we, we went whitewater rafting out, out in Colorado. And we were from Central Florida. So this was just massive for us. And and on that experience, uh, and I, I won't tell you all of it, but in that experience, I just had such an incredibly visceral uh, um, encounter with the river and with our guide and the guide's father and the people that were in the raft with us that it, you know, the metaphor just emerged to me probably three or four years later when I was leading worship at Christ Fellowship. And I just journaled all my ideas, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And 
really was in a time of prayer asking God to just help me with a, a creative way to train my teams. I just wanted a, you know, something that they would actually be memorable. And I, I love to tell stories. Everybody, all of us love great stories. And so, um, so I began to, to go through my notes of what I experienced on the river with Leah, my wife, uh, on that trip just a few years earlier. And all these parallels came to, to, to light. They were just so beautiful. This guide helped us experience the majesty and power of the river and, um, and all the interactions we had with the, our fellow rafters and all of that. And so I, I began to just use it as a devotional series back then. Then I started to think maybe this is something more and that I want to write this. And then through that process, I just kind of, the, the metaphor really expanded for me. I had the, the, this uh, concept for a, a fictional novel. Uh, that would really create conversation with people that are far away from God. So I spent, you know, a lot of years kind of telling myself I couldn't do it and I'm not a writer and I'm not a composer, you know, I, I, it, composition and literature uh, was the thing that I suffered the most at in school, uh, which is kind of funny. God yeah. sometimes steps into our weakest places and he does. actually equips us to do something that he wants us to do. Right. Um, so anyway, fast forward several years and it was just time. It was time to write this, it was time to finally, I had a few books under my belt at that point, and, but I didn't want to just, you know, write information. I mean, information is good. We need information, but I, I really wanted it to be uh, memorable and sticky. You know, I really wanted it to, to, to really, and so when you tell stories, it invites people in at a different level, and it, you can unlock those truths in a different way. So uh, I, I wanted, though, to really plumbed the depths of what the scripture had to say about this, um, this central subject of worship. Um, and that's why, you know, I had, I had taught some with Dr. Whaley at uh, Liberty and, and we had become friends and I just valued his insights and his mentoring He mentored me through his materials and his teaching. And, and so I just went out on a limb to see if he'd be willing to, uh, jump in, uh, jump in the, the water with me, if you will. And, and so to, to craft a book, a, a training resource that was accessible enough, but comprehensive enough that it would really stay with us for a while. And I, you know, so I get to tell the story and, and unpack a little of the metaphor and then he takes that metaphor and then drives, drives us deeper into the scriptures. So yeah, okay. that's, how the, that's how it came to be. Okay, great. And so to pick up on that, maybe we'll ask Dr. Vernon to, to explain this part. Yeah, what you just said, it starts with a metaphor, and then there's a kind of a middle section that begins to unpack it. Then there's a little book icon that does even more. How did that happen, and who wrote what? Let's hear about that. Well, actually, what I got a telephone call one day. I was actually walking from my car to my office uh, there at Liberty, and uh, Michael said, hey, I've got a book idea. Would you be interested in doing it together? And I said, well, talk to me more about it. And he told me, and when he gave me the first idea, we talked about really moving real heavy towards making that river guide be a worship guide and shaping it so that everything that the river guide did, we would find metaphorical application for it for, for worship. But then as we began shaping the stories and we began shaping the application of the stories, it became obvious, hey, we're going to have to really dig deep in this area of, of Bible. So I took the Bible part of it and the application of it for Bible and made that my area and then left all the great storytelling, which this is one of Michael's greatest gifts to him. 
and it seemed to be a good fit and a good good match. Yeah, and I'd send the stuff to him. I'd say, "What do you think?" And sometimes he'd send stuff back to me and say, "Hey, I'd like to see more in this area. I'd like to see more in that other area." Okay. And then uh, we kind of we just kind of had a great working relationship and made it. Well, work. that's how you collaborated. It. Okay. Uh, I think yeah, Go ahead. I'm looking up something. I think one of the things that made it really kind of come alive to me was when we finally settled in on what areas we wanted to, to, to preach or teach, as it were. And we kind of came to the conclusion that there were 28 issues that every worship leader has to face or has to deal with on some level in his life, most of which dealt with some form of character or some form of, of the Holy Spirit shaping in your heart. And I'm going to say most of them are heart issues. And once we kind of settled in on those 28 areas, then the writing really started coming. And 28? It, it, wow. Well, there are 28. And there was lots of reasons we, we nailed 28. One is we were trying to get it to fit within the, the framework of a semester of a college. And there's usually 14 weeks. So that's two lessons a week, 28 oh, lessons. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And then you give enough time for exams and so forth. So we, we, we shaped it over so the course of a – of a semester so a high school could use it a christian high school could use it or a college christian college could use it and part of what drove that too is because there's been such a growth in the area of university and college worship programs across the country but there's been a real real need for worship leaders teaching worshipers and that the equippers are whipping the it's so to speak and then there's been a real need for resources for them to use so that, I think that's sure. part of what we were trying to, to meet. But more importantly, I think it was the issue of the heart. And once we kind of came to that, I remember we were sitting in the conference room right next to my office, and it kind of, they all, they all just started coming. And we said, we need to deal with this, deal with this. We oh, first, started, first started with calling. Then we, then we dealt with confirming that call. Then we dealt with issues of character and integrity. And I mean, it just kind of came together. Hey, Amen. Hey, do you guys mind? I'm going to read a... a, a just an excerpt from the Spirit and Truth chapter. Okay, I love this. Now, this is from the, uh, the river metaphor. Okay, um, this is, um, I guess John is being, this is the character. And, he, and, and, uh, and someone said, hey, you mentioned you have a graduate degree in, what was it? And he says, hydrology. It's the study of the properties of water and its movement on the earth and in the atmosphere. I believe science and beauty are interwoven. If I just know the data, but don't experience the beauty of the river, I might as well be in a lab somewhere. If all I did was run the river without knowledge of, of its nature and what, what's actually happening in the canyon, I miss the depth of the experience or the truth. Truth fuels my sense of awe and vice versa. You got to have both if you really want to experience all the river has to offer. Then it says, John's words convinced me that this was no ordinary outing. This trip was a game changer. Wow. Goodness, man. I mean, wow. And then I read what you followed up with that. You're, you're, one, one chapter you're teaching on the spirit, the next you talked about truth. This is fundamental bedrock stuff. Really good. You see what I mean by, by, by Michael being such a good writer? Oh, it's great. That, that is so good. I get those, I get those little ditties that he would send me, and I'm thinking, praise Jesus, this is yeah. good. <laughs> And it was just inspire me to go on. And uh, that particular, those two chapters, I think, are some of the best we've written. Because Man. we really do deal with the difference between the pneuma, which is our spirit, and the Holy Spirit coming 
and joining together with one, as the Apostle Paul Paul yeah. talks, that we were joined together as one. And that spirit, joined together with the Numa, the Holy Spirit, enlightens our mind to the truth. Amen. And it was the first time ever I was able to write that down so that I understood it. And that it was inspired by that particular story. That's a great story. Now, <laughs> now, Michael, did that go all the way back to that experience you had with your sweetheart, as you put it, um, years ago? I mean, is, is that... That, it it that did, yeah. Even back then, like, wow, there's depth and there's awe and beauty. And yeah, it, it did go all the way back to that because I was struck, you know, when I, when I, when I looked at my guide and I conversed with him, he, he seemed like a typical rugged outdoorsman, um, you know, probably, you know, bathing was optional uh, daily. Um, you know, this guy was just made for the wilderness, you know. Yeah. And he was a rough and tumble guy. But uh, to know that the level of education that he had availed himself to, to really be a, a lifelong learner of the river really struck me. And so then you have, uh, you know, you put those things together with what I experienced. And of course, you know, I'm a wordsmith and I say that in there. There are times where I uh, adjust the uh, the wording as needed. Um to to be able to kind of make really good application and make it memorable but absolutely that was that tied all the way back to that trip 1997 okay uh well dr vernon had mentioned and said that uh it, it works well for high school students and college students uh, i i read youth pastor so obviously youth pastor could take it in a church setting not just an educational setting um what about worship leaders with their teams how would you recommend they actually take this to their team, what, what, what do you see that in, in a week-to-week -week basis? How would that unfold? Well, I think depending on their context, uh, we certainly wrote it with the practitioner in mind. I mean, this is not just purely academic on 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 any level because I'm, you know, I have my boots on the ground in, in a in a local church and have had for a lot of years. So it was really important to both of us to have yeah. uh, have it be a, a real practical tool. So um, there's multiple ways you can take people through it. And, you know, I think that that depends on the leader and their context and what their rhythms of learning are. But, you know, uh, for us right now, I'm, I'm taking our team through bits and pieces of it. And then we're going to do a whole study based on it. Uh, there's a video curriculum that we created that's a little oh, bit. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay, great. Yeah, there's awesome. a, you know, a video curriculum uh, as well that can be uh, purchased. And, and then there's a study, a study book for students. If, so you can kind of engage this at, at a number of levels, whether it's a devotional level uh, or you want to go deeper and really uh, unpack some things. Obviously, it's a lifelong pursuit. The way of worship oh, yeah. is not a one book journey. It's, <laughs> it, it is a lifelong pursuit. Uh, the video series, um, is that something that's like five, ten minutes each video? Is that something watched during a rehearsal setting or during a, a, a Wednesday evening with the, with the students and a, you know, with the, at church? Or is it, is it an hour-long video and they needed a different context? What is now, I believe, you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Vernon, but I'm pretty sure they were around 15 minutes. Great. So they may be a little much, you know, depending on, you know, the rehearsal setting and all of that. But yeah, there's, there's, it was, it was put there in such a way that so people could engage the material on different levels and it will work best if they go through the full book at some point, but there's okay. definitely uh, opportunity yeah, it, for that as well. So there's shorter bursts and it's a microcosm of the book. It's me telling some story 
and it's Dr. Whaley unpacking the, the biblical wisdom of it. That's what I was about to ask you if it involves both of you teaching. Yeah, yeah we okay. both do it, and we both do every segment of the book. So every chapter of the book has a, has a session on it. Are there, are there 28 chapters, too? I'm sorry, I didn't notice. Oh, so there you have 28 segments. Wow, that's huge. Okay, um, well, this is exciting. Uh, what a great resource. Uh, I definitely want to tell our folks about it, our uh, next worship community. That's why we're doing the podcast uh, and just share the word, you know, just get the spread, share the love and get the word out. Um, in the context of this country and, and this COVID and, and just the things that's happening, why is this, not just this resource, but why is the topic of worship, how can it help us? I'm setting you guys up. I didn't prepare you for this question, but I got a feeling you can nail it. How can this idea of worship help us in this in this in this unrest in this uh, turmoil and in, in, in this time of, of, of disunity well, what do you what do you guys think anybody want to tackle that idea Doc Whaley you want to jump in it's a big question I was going to say why don't you go first um, <clears throat> well the reality is we were created to worship and God has placed inside our hearts this deep yearning desire to worship him and nothing in the world is going to satisfy us except worship of Jesus. Yeah. And in, in one true sense, uh, I think what we've been talking a whole lot about justice and peace and reconciliation and those kind of subjects, the great reconciliation came when Jesus Christ died for us um, and he redeemed us and reconciled us back to the father. And in, in that process, he, he put us, when we get saved and we ask Jesus, coming to heart we get the opportunity as reconciled brothers and sisters to the father to worship him in spirit and in truth and that there to me is the real issue that this generation needs to hear amen i've been been kind of interested in in watching the different colleges and universities and so forth and churches for that matter address some of the issues that have we've been facing these last 20 days or so including the COVID thing and without exception, I hear a great emphasis on justice, and I hear great emphasis on peace and equality and so forth. But there's no substitution for the gospel. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that reconciles us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that gives us opportunity to live a life of worship. And God created us to be worshipers, but we will never be worshipers of Jesus until we've been reconciled back to the Father. And that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. So that would be my quick take on that. Michael, you want to pick? That was a pretty good off the off the top of your head take there, brother. That was awesome. Um, thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you, Dr. Whaley. Absolutely, 100% uh, agree with you. Hey, Beth. Yeah, Miss Beth's back there. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I never know when I'm getting a picture. Hey. <laughs> yeah, she, she snuck by a while ago, and I didn't say anything. And then one time I got, I got there and turned it off. I love it. Uh, don't mute her. Let us, let us she, see her. She, we want to wait. She was, just, she was moving so fast. The back, she was just a blur through the back like of the screen. I had to stay. Yeah. Some strawberries and blueberries out of the kitchen. <laughs> oh, we want some. We want some. Oh, yeah, we'll be right over. I'll yeah. be right over. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, there's a, there's two, there's two things that I've been processing through this situation. And, um, the, the first is the pandemic itself and, and just the, 
how we've been responding as a church and in, as a ministry and what that's personally done in me and in my family. And then there's the, the, the perfect storm of all the other things that have been happening in our culture and the highest, you know, thing that we're dealing with right now, obviously, is, is like you said, Vernon, the, the justice, the racial reconciliation, the racial peace and the tensions uh, and the inequalities that we are experiencing um, in our country. And we all know those are symptomatic of the deeper issue that, that we're talking about. It's just a very real issue. And I've got uh, a very diverse team that I lead here where uh, I've got uh, African-Americans on our team and I've got um, you know uh, several different Asians on our team and Mexicans and, and Hispanics and everything in between. We've got a wonderful, beautiful, you know, God intentionally created us diversely. And so to learn how to celebrate, but I'll, I'll, let me go back to the first issue. What does the way of worship speak to the pandemic? I, I can just speak personally for me, you know, having the, sh the shutdown, the quarantine, the quieting of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, this was another season of idol crushing. I would say um, the way of worship to me is just a, a, a way of idol crushing. <laughs> um, and, 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 I'll, and I'll say it like this because the idolatry that we, we are, you know, our hearts are idol factories are the human heart. And we tend to create things that we try to find our hope in or our significance in or our security in or our refuge in or whatever it is. I mean, an idol can be anything that, you begin to set up as more important to you than God himself or something that absorbs more of your heart or an imagination than God himself. Or, or if it's that thing that says, if I, if I have that thing in my life, then, then now I'll be okay. And my heart will settle or I'll be peaceful or I'll be secure. And so to me, the way of worship is the, is the crushing of idols and the enthronement of the only one worthy on the throne of our hearts. And, so I've been in this season again of just going through that. You're quiet enough and you're going, oh, wow, what if the career path changes? Or what if this happens? Or what if my health fails? Or what if, what are all these things that I begin to fear or be anxious about? And uh, you don't have to look much further than those to see where there might be an idol set up. And, hmm. and so I, I was reading earlier today in Psalm 135 where um, – in verse 15 through 18, where he says, the idols of the nations are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak, eyes that cannot see, ears, but they cannot hear, nor is their breath in their mouths. And those who make them will be like them, and so all who trust in them. So the human idol that's crafted, those who make them will be like them. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, isn't that an incredible indictment and warning um, that we, that we heed, that we become like what we worship. Yeah. 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 We become like what we worship. So anything we place in the place of Jesus and, and the, the most high will distort our lives and the scripture in, in, in one right there, it says, you're going to be spiritually deaf, blind, and mute, just like the idol you worship. Mm -hmm. You will not be able to see the steps that God has for you. You're not going to be able to hear and discern the truth. You are not going to be able to speak with authority and with clarity. And God saved me from being a worship pastor that has no breath, no presence of God, no in his mouth, 
that's that's some of the things that God's been just, I mean, I know I'm getting all fired up here, but that's what God's been really drilling into me. It's been an idle crushing time and, and, and push that forward. We can make an idol out of needing to be right. We can make an idol out of uh, so many different things, the, the, the pride of knowledge. We can make an idol out of, you know, success or accolades of men or a relationship or any number of things. And so when it comes down to the, the, the issues of the heart, the human race issue, not just racial issues, but the human issue, man, I've just been in a mode of listening and learning uh, and, and asking my, my African-American brothers and sisters, what do I, what do you want me to know during this time? Been reaching out to them all across that I know all across the country. And um, it's a time for us to be humble and listen. And it's not a time to prove that we're right. And it's not a time to, to do anything, but look for ways to lift one another up. And so anyway, that's some of the stuff that I've been processing. So the way of worship you know, it elevates Jesus to this place. And we know Jesus broke all the barriers and he spoke to the spirit of religion and he, he broke all the barriers and, and unified us by his blood at the cross. So you're right, Vernon, the gospel is the central message and whatever our hearts are chasing, we will become like. And I believe that's why, um, you know, he, he says, don't have any other gods before me and don't make any idols. Amen. Thank commandment you, one and commandment two. <laughs> you got it, man. You got it. I just want us to, I don't want us to blow past that. Let's just let that settle for a moment. We need to hear that. I think the thing that's so important about the idols is that what we try to do is we try to put God in time, constrict God to a place in time and space so that God, this is what I'm going to make you like in my life. And God refuses to do that. Now, yeah. He is not going to be organized and put into a box so what we have to do is to say, okay, God, what is it that you want with me? And, and even in saying it's really the gospel that's going to make the difference in our lives, it could, be, it could sound a tad bit condescending. That's not what I mean by that. It, I mean that the answer to all of these issues really is found in Jesus Christ and in worshiping him. Amen. One of the chapters we spent a great deal of time on was the chapter that dealt with humility. And I, and, and I think it's... It, and it's funny, the, the organization we had, the, the chapter that came before humility was brokenness. And we dealt with this issue of how easy it is to think that we're humble, but you're not humble until you've been totally broken. Now, it's interesting that Michael mentioned, one of the, th the things that's happened to me during this pandemic thing is I've just stopped. And I've, sent, I've asked myself lots of questions. And then I began realizing how broken this world is and how unsatisfied we are with all the things we chase and then the unrest that we've had that's followed this and it caused such a, a storm only amplifies that problem and um, Michael sent out a link for us to listen to T.D. Jakes um, in an interview he was in with I think it was from Hillsong <clears throat> but it was a, a really powerful interview and the whole issue that we we have a tendency to think that we're the only ones that are experiencing these kind of inequalities, but it's happening all over the world and it's happening to all different kinds of people groups. Yes. And we have a tendency to think that it's only going to be what we face right here in front of us. What we have in front of us is really important, 
but there are other people that are going through the same kind of prejudice and same kind of right. difficulties. They're just facing it in a different way. And those are the things we need to be sensitive to or give us the power and the wisdom and the courage and the understanding to be able to address these and to do it with our brothers and sisters in such a kind and gracious way. Amen. Uh, I just saw this is very much on my mind because right before we started this interview, like 10 minutes before I got uh, the, uh, another updated version of a video that we've been putting together in our ministry uh, of people. Uh, our director of ministries, uh, John Martin, had the idea, and I said, yeah, let's do that, uh, of, of, of people that are in our community from, uh, I think there are about 20 countries of people, and all they're doing is looking in the camera and saying, I am a worshiper. And they're saying it in their language. And we got India, Myanmar, uh, Brazil, uh, Mexico, Germany, uh, Zambia, South Africa, and the list goes on. It's awesome. And, and we're coming under the umbrella of the cross. And we're saying our ultimate identity. We're not ignoring. I love what Vodi Bakum says. We're not ignoring the races. We're celebrating. You use that word too. We're celebrating the fact God made us different. This is not a bad thing. This is good. But we're doing it under worship of our one true God. And y'all, that's coming out just in a couple of days. Uh, if, if all comes together, it's going to be incredible. But what caused me to think about that is something you said, Michael, a few moments ago, that you're having conversations. Well, we had an African-American that's in our community, next to worship community. Uh, he's in New Jersey, and he was concerned about why we were putting the video together. I, yeah, because he didn't know for sure. He said, I love what you're doing, Dwayne. I just, can we talk? And so I called him up. We had a conversation and I said, I, and I called him by name and said, bro, before we put it out there, I'll send it to you so you can check it. I want to make sure this, is, this really does represent not only our heart, but yours. Because you're in the same kingdom with me. Let's work together and represent and reconcile under the cross. And, uh, and I get excited too. So anyway, but uh, there's a lot in the midst of the craziness our God is still on the throne, and there's a reason why he allows things to happen, and maybe sometimes it's to bring us back to our knees and crush our idols like you just said. I'm under conviction about that right now. Thanks a lot, Michael. But, I mean, I need that. I, we need to hear things that we thought we had under control. God just tweaks it and goes, nah, you need to work on that right there. So can we just stop before we officially close, which we're about to do? Can we just have a moment for that and, 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 and inspect our own selves? I'm all about praying for everybody else, but sometimes I need to pray for me. Father, thank you so much for these guys. God, um, you know, I, I, brokenness, we could use some of that. We don't want it. We run away from it. But we could use it. God, I, we can't even, we don't even know how to wrap our minds around the problems and the issues of this broken world. But I remember what it says, what what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, basically everything that, that, that were issues in this world that he was talking about, it all came from and stemmed from a lack of worship. Just stopped worshiping the one true God. And Lord, bring our hearts back to, to a heart of worship, the way of worship. Not my ideas about it, not my opinions, Know what your Bible says. And thank you for these gentlemen that have put together an incredible resource. I pray we all go out and buy it and use it to teach our people and, first of all, teach ourselves. 
Help us have a teachable spirit to approach it as though we don't know it all, that we need to learn too. I pray that over all of us, and I thank you so much for this time. In your name we pray, amen. That wasn't planned, but I, I needed it if nobody else did. Uh, give us a closing thought, Michael. Lay it on us, what you got. Thank you so much for the time today, bro. It's been awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Closing thought is, man, um, just uh, honored to be on the conversation. It's a, it's a journey, and I feel like daily um, God's Word is continuing to reveal the idols in my own heart, and uh, by His grace and mercy, uh, we're, we're about crushing them every single day. <laughs> and, uh, um, so just honored to be on the journey, man. It's good. I do want you guys, before we get out of here, to tell us where we go find this, this resource. We never actually talked about that. Is it, is it Amazon, ChristianBook.com? I mean, Barnes & Noble. Where can I go find this? I need to find that out. Everywhere books are sold. Um, but, yeah, Amazon's there. Zondervan is our, is our publisher, so they have the video series uh, oh. housed on their, on their website. But, um, okay. but yeah, um, and, and I'm sure we can – uh, shoot you links and then you can send them you know to your please do send that to us and we will feature those as well on our website mm-hmm. and michael don't you have like a michael neal dot i'm not gonna yeah there's that. a michael neal.com but it's just a landing page with some pictures and oh uh, okay okay so they, they, right. they tell me i need to have it and i don't really know uh but it's there <laughs> <laughs> okay uh dr vernon what give us uh give us a word of wisdom to close us out today I just think that one of the things I've, I learned through this process is that the Holy Spirit is still in the process of teaching us how to worship Him. And that we're really not going to fully understand and know how to worship Him until we worship around the throne. Mm-hmm. And we're there as as all the redeemed from every tribe and nation around this globe and worships Jesus. And that's when we're going to really understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, it's going to be the Holy Spirit dropping a little tidbit here and there, and we kind of opens our eyes to something else, and we say, wow, that this is the way of worship. And then to say that worship is a lifestyle is probably an understatement. Uh, worship is very much a lifestyle, but it is even more than that. It really needs to be that which consumes my being. I worship Jesus because he paid the ultimate price, and he's given me life, and the list kind of goes on. I was talking to, uh, I did a little video greeting. I'm I'm teaching now and working at Trevecca University in Nashville, Tennessee. And so they asked if I would do a greeting to the new worship students. And so I said, well, yeah, let me read to you Psalm 117. It said, praise the Lord, all ye, and the word in the King James is Gentiles. And I said, praise the Lord, all you musicians. (laughs) Praise the Lord for his mercy endure forever. Maybe that's how we can end this thing. We need to continue to praise the Lord. His mercies endure for the forever. And we can him and we can believe in him and we can know that he's gonna take care of us and he's gonna have our best in his in his heart. Thanks again for, for the time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll take care.